Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 227, which we are recording on Thursday, September 10th, 2020. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And I can't wait until we stop saying 2020. Yes, I know. <laughs> and I can't wait until we're out of the 220s. It's yes. just too many twos right now. <laughs> yes, because it's been another couple weeks. It it's has been. been. An- it seems like every time we podcast, there's something else there that's is. happened. There is. Yeah. yeah. My poor dog, Lucy, my black lab I've talked about on the podcast for six years now, has tetanus. Hmm. So we discovered a week ago, we thought her face looked a little bit swollen. And we were watching her very carefully, assumed she'd been bit by a spider or, you know, tried to eat a bee or something. She's done that before. And her face just started getting weirder and weirder. So we took her into the emergency veterinarian because no veterinarians in Santa Cruz have open appointments. Apparently, during COVID, everybody's getting pets. So that's what every, I have heard. Yes. Yeah. Every veterinarian I called was double booked, triple wow. booked, or not taking new patients. So we took her to the emergency vet. And just dropped her off saying her face is swollen. We don't know what's wrong with her. And we got a call back from the vet and he said, well, you know, I don't see any swelling in her face. Would you say that these are things you're seeing? Are her ears pinned back? And we said, yes, her it, her ears just look odd. And he said, and do her eyes look different? And we said, yeah, but we thought it was swelling. And he said, no, your dog has tetanus. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very rare for dogs to get tetanus. We still don't know how exactly she contracted it. She could have stepped on something and we never saw an injury, which is unlikely because Lucy's a wimp. (laughs) I think probably what happened is she chews on sticks that she finds at the beach. And one day she was chewing on a log and she yelped. And I bet you anything, there was a nail in that piece of wood and she poked herself in the mouth somewhere. So we never saw an injury. And it's been a week and a day since she was diagnosed and she's just so tight. When you get tetanus, everything tightens up. So her ears being pinned back is because all the muscles in her head are contracting. So it pulls her ears back, her eyes roll into the back of her head. It's not pretty, but she's in a good mood. She's on antibiotics and the vet, it was really scary. The vet checked her out again on Tuesday and said, She's absolutely fine underneath the scary surface. And shes you have to keep them calm for three to four weeks as it works out of their system. And Lucy is not, she's not an overly rambunctious dog for a lab, but she also likes her walks and likes to go to the beach and likes to jump up when the UPS guy goes by. And so keeping her still has been an interesting thing to be doing. So... Yeah, it's been well, a while. It's been a, another two weeks that yeah. I could just have done without. And kudos to you guys for paying attention and knowing your animal well enough. Because like the doctor said, he can't tell looking at your dog if she looks different. Only yep. you guys can tell if she looks different. So good call. Yeah, he did say that. In many cases, by the time the owners bring their pet in, it's almost too late because, oh, wow. yeah, because by then the dog is so stiff that they need IV fluids and things like that because she can barely open her mouth to eat. It's really just the saddest thing. But we've been giving her homemade chicken broth because she won't 
drink her water because it take it's too hard for her to drink it. Oh, so she'll wow. take a couple sips and walk away. So Mike said, oh, chicken broth. And she'll drink. <laughs> she'll, you know, we've been feeding it to her in like a salad bowl because yeah. she can't, she can't eat out of her normal bowl that yeah. has, you know, like edges or corners. Edges, yeah. Yes. She can't get in there. So the salad bowl, she can eat the broth. It takes her nine to 15 minutes to eat like two cups of broth. Wow. Yeah. And this is my dog usually doesn't even inhale when she or she doesn't chew when she eats. She just inhales when she's healthy. <laughs> so to watch her take so long to eat is it's kind of alarming. But like I said, she's on the mend. We are starting to see a little bit of improvement. And I did recently go to visit my daughter in Spokane. So I was away for four days while this was all going on. She got worse the day I left. Otherwise, I don't think I would have left if I'd been here when she got worse. And when I returned, there was a noticeable improvement in her because I was here. So she had all of her people back home. Yeah. I think me yeah. being gone was not conducive to her being calm <laughs> and relaxed. So, but yeah, it's been two weeks that I could have done without, yeah. except for my visit to Spokane. How about your two weeks? <laughs> Hopefully they were better than that. It's, you know, it's 2020. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the sky going dark yesterday at, what, yesterday, three in the afternoon? Yeah. If anybody has had a chance to look at my Instagram account, I did post a photo yesterday that I took a little bit after four o'clock, and it looks like a photograph that was taken of a nighttime sky at sunset. And that is what our sky looked like at four o'clock yesterday. It was full on dark as night with a orange sky. And we were just looking up at apparently the smoke was very high and very thick and so thick that it was just blocking the sun. It, it was, was dark. Crazy. <laughs> it was such a weird atmosphere all day because it was dark all day all day it was yeah. crazy not but pitch black dark all day but by four like charlene by said four it was dark nighttime dark yeah. all the street lights came on all the houses had their inside lights on it was just crazy and here we were still almost three and a half hours from sunset mm -hmm. it was wild i'll so. put a picture in the thread for this episode on ravelry that Mike got from Cowles Beach. Cowles Beach is one of the main beaches in Santa Cruz. It's where most beginners surf. And it's where when when <laughs> it's a normal summer where all the junior guard activities and things like that take place. Well, there was a picture of it yesterday. It was orange. Mm -hmm. The whole yeah. and it no Photoshop. It was crazy. Yeah. So I'll put that in the yeah. in the thread. I'll get your picture too that you took. Okay. Yeah. So our sympathies go out to everyone <laughs> who's in states where there are fires right now. It's just crazy. It states is. and countries. I know there are yeah. countries that are going through this too. Yeah, exactly. But this is a knitting podcast. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday, I did go out in the afternoon for a little bit. And one of the other side effects besides the light just being gone, it was cold. It was really cold in the afternoon, and it was just an odd chill because it, the day should have been a warmer day. It just felt really weird, and so it was chilly. And well, what was the temperature two days before? 
in it the was hundreds? Probably, probably in the nineties, I think. Because we were in the we, low we hundreds have, that yeah, weekend, right? Yeah, we have been having a heat wave, so it it was very strange to have the temperature just drop like that. But I was wearing my Breathe and Hope shawl by Casapinka. Now, this is a two-skein shawl that I made not too long ago. And the nice thing about two skeins is it's a little bit bigger than a one-skein shawl. So <laughs> there was a little bit more of it to keep me warm. I had made it in some nice summery colors. One of them was the, let's see... I want to say burnt orchid, and I can't remember if that's the right color. Smoked lilac. Yes, it's <laughs> smoked lilac. I looked at my Ravelry page. Smoked lilac, one of them was princess pudding, which is a speckled color from Candy Skein, and the smoked lilac is from Western Sky Knits, and the two of them together are wonderful and delightful, and the shawl was big enough to keep my neck warm and kind of give me a little bit of comfort during yesterday's strange and unusual smoke event. How about you? What have you been wearing? Or what are you wearing? I see you're wearing a sweater. I am wearing a sweater. And yesterday when I was making my show notes, I was feeling cheeky. And I wrote, what am I wearing? <laughs> glasses. Boo. <laughs> I've had to start wearing reading glasses much more often and it's not making me super happy. But Aww. anyway, knitting, I'm wearing a confetti by Vera Valimaki and this is the first confetti I knit and it's forest green with stripes of a multicolor variegated that was dyed by Pigeon Roof Studios and she no longer dyes which is sad because her dye was beautiful. But it's just a wonderful little sweater and it makes me happy to wear it. And I saw it on my shelf today and thought, it's a confetti day. So <laughs> I'm wearing my confetti and it Yay. feels really good. So can I say something about Pigeon Roof Studios? Yeah. She is not dyeing yarn anymore, but I did see her post. In fact, I think it was just within the last week she posted that she is dyeing clothing. Really? Yeah. And she's just dyeing one of a kind pieces just on a whim. I don't know how long she's going to be doing it. She just said that it was something that she wanted to try and for now it's making her happy. So she's just selling one-of-a-kind pieces hand-dyed clothing. Cool. I'm going to yeah. check that out. Yeah. Okay. So what have you been stocking? All right. Let me. So open up my browser here so that I can show you the or tell you about the Brook Green Cardi, which is a cardigan designed by Laura Ayler. And I'm pretty sure that you and I have knit things by Laura Ayler before. Yeah, the therapy shawl. Oh, that was among it. Other I, things, yeah. I should have looked it up because I recognize the name immediately. And when you say that, I think therapy shawl, that's absolutely one of my favorite all-time shawls that I have knit. And I always say I'm going to make another, <laughs> and I haven't. But this cardigan is a fingering weight, raglan-sleeved cardigan with open fronts. Most of it is in stockinette stitch, but it's got garter edging, three-quarter sleeves. And in her description... 
Laura calls it a minimalist raglan cardigan in stockinette with garter edges. And she says it's an easy knit, which is about all I'm up for these days, an easy knit. And I, I keep getting drawn back to this one. There's, it's, like I said, it's pretty basic, but I keep looking at it again and again. I find that the sweaters that last a long time in my wardrobe tend to be the basic ones. So I think this one probably would last in my wardrobe. Oh, that's cute. And, yeah, isn't it? And you can use fingering or sport weight yarn to get the gauge of 23 stitches to 4 inches in stockinette stitch. So I feel like there's a lot of leeway with a pattern so basic. And the size range goes from 30 to 58. Let's see. And the actual... Nope, that's it. It's 30 to 58. I was looking at the... Looking for a schematic. But I think that's... I think that is closed fronts. And I'm looking... I, the reason I was looking for it is because it is worn mostly open. So the size range, there's probably a little bit of leeway as to what size anyone could make, because depending on how you wanted it to fit, if you were just going to wear it open or if you expected it to close, the sweater doesn't have any closures, but depending on how you wanted it to fit, there's you could probably make go up or down a size. I'm not saying this exactly how I'm trying to say it. It's like one person could make a smaller or a larger size. So you have a choice of how you want it to fit, of course, which is, I guess, with any sweater, you always have a choice of how you want it to fit. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to say, though. But yeah, it's just one of those sweaters that I think there is more leeway. That's what I'm trying to say because it is worn as an open cardigan. So that is Brook Green Cardi by Laura Ayler. The second thing I am stocking is a pattern called Collecting Breeze, and it's by Shinobu Sasaki. And this one is a little unusual. It's a pullover cardigan and it only comes in one size. So I'm a little unsure about that because as most women know, one size does not fit all. No. And <laughs> this one, the one size that it comes in is a bust circumference of 49 inches. And what this sweater has that's different that attracted me is it's a pull well it's a pullover and it's a boxy style sweater but on the side the designer has these layering and i the only word i can think of is panels and i don't know if i don't think the designer uses the word panels she uses the word frill on the pattern page but what it is is layers and if you remember my puntilla sweater, 
I had knit that one with just a little bit of a secondary layer that poked out from the bottom. The pattern, the puntilla pattern is written so that the bottom, the, the extra layer is lace. I didn't do it as lace. I just did it as stockinette. But what it looks like is kind of looks like you have, you've layered two sweaters, but really it's just an extra edging on the bottom to emulate a secondary layer. So that is similar to this one, except their panels and the designer calls them frills and they're almost roughly in their yardage because there's more yardage on the sides than the top layer, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It's just supposed to, like she says, frill a little bit. Although I don't, to me, that's not, that's not the word I would use. It's just, it looks like an underlayer. And she has designed it so that there is a split at the bottom and you can see that underlayer more than on the puntilla. And also some of them, the underlayer is made out of mohair so that it's super light. And I can't tell if... I guess it's only one layer. When I first looked at it, I thought maybe that some of the samples had more than one layer, but I guess it's only one layer. But I think some people have more fabric in that layer than other samples. So it's interesting. It is interesting. It's it's really cute. I just don't know I what love, I'd wear it with. Yeah, I love that layered look. But for me, that one size doesn't work. Yeah. So when I was looking at it, since I love that layered look, it almost would be something that I would like to take to another sweater that I know fits me oh. in a way that I like. And like maybe combine this idea back with another puntilla sweater yeah. and make the underlayer kind of like this. So I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Because like I said, it's the layering that catches my eye. And I really like that look. So that is, again, that is Collecting Breeze by Shinobu Sasaki. And the third thing I am stocking is another Empower People pattern. Empower People 2020. So the Empower People 2020 is... Let's see. I wrote it down. It's a craftivism project aimed at uniting crafters of all mediums to engage people across communities to spark conversation, engagement, and action in the political process to uphold social justice and human rights. And specifically, voting, I believe, is one of the main issues that they have mentioned. Just use this as as a starting point for conversation and getting people out to vote, reminding people to get out there and vote. So this one is, we've mentioned the cowl pattern before. There was a basic garter stitch cowl. This one has, this one is a lace pattern and it's designed by Rosemary Hill 
a lot of knitters enjoy her shawl patterns. This one is a cowl, and it's just a very a basic, I think it's a triangular shaped cowl, so it does have a point, and then there's got some lace on the front, and it's knit in purple. All of the designs for this craftivism project are knit in purple, and this one doesn't disappoint. So <laughs> that is the Empower Lace Pattern by Rosemary Hill. How about you, Gail? What are you stocking? Well, I've been looking, of course, for a sweater for Olivia to match Alex's. And thank you to everybody who sent me ideas or mentioned them in the thread. I really appreciate that. And when I was visiting Alex, she and I sat down and did some pattern stocking on Ravelry. And she said, wow, I can see how this could become a dangerous rabbit hole. And I said, <laughs> oh, yeah. So we looked at many sweaters and we made a choice. So we picked the Little Miss Rainbow, which is a cardigan by the designer Selene Couillet-Loire. And she designed this for Durum Natura, which is a French organic merino wool line. I think it's all merino. I could be wrong about that. But it is a raglan-shaped top-down cardigan that has stripes in rainbow colors against a more neutral background. And it also has a little pleat in the back, which will match the pleats in Alex's sweater. And we've decided that we're going to do some striping. So it will be the same tweed natural main color. It will have gold stripes in the yoke. And then I'm going to kind of stripe the sleeves into purple, like her sleeves are done. Actually, hers go from purple to gold to tweed. So we're going to do it a little bit differently. And then I'm going to do a purple border at the bottom. So it's going to be same colors similar construction kind of not exactly the same and then not matchy matchy but very similar so I'm super excited that we picked a sweater after our we probably spent at least an hour looking through Ravelry and that was fun too just because we saw all sorts of cute stuff and then I talked to her about her sweater which we'll talk about in a little while but she said, I'm going to wear this all the time as long as I'm not around Olivia, because Olivia is a little child and makes messes. <laughs> and I said, oh, my gosh, then I need to knit you a sweater that you can wear all the time, even if Olivia is around. And she said, oh, yeah, good luck with that. And I said, no, you really need one. So yeah. we're on Project Homebody Sweater, what we've been <laughs> calling this. And she even called me yesterday. So I had been here. I'd been home less than 24 hours. And she called to say you know, I have an idea for my homebody sweater. And I said, sure, what? And she said, why don't we pick a pattern and colors where we can use some of your stash yarn so that you don't have to buy any yarn? And I said, wow, that'd be great. Yeah. So she got me thinking about it and she wants the same weight sweater. So like a DK weight yarn. She wants another long cardigan. So I was thinking to myself, hmm, I don't have anything in stash that will work for that. And she said, well, stripes. So I said, well, if we want to do stripes, <laughs> I can do all sorts of things. So I went out into my stash and picked some gray DK weight Wilmiza. There, I have two different shades of gray and then a sweater quantity of fingering from Western Sky Knits in the color bright blue. So I'm going to do a color block slash striped sweater. Don't oh, have a cool. pattern yet, 
but picked out the yarn. I sent her a picture. It was the only picture I sent her of yarn. And she said, that is beautiful. So I think we've already nailed the yarn selection. And I'll just put that on my list of things Alex Alex would like me to knit for her. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I have a very long list for my children right now. So that was really fun, actually, her homebody sweater. And then two things that I've been stocking for myself that are new on Hot Right Now or were on Hot Right Now. The first one is Engines by Inga Semmingsen. And this is a light fingering with held doubled with silk mohair. But in this pattern, the silk mohair is held to use in a slip stitch color work pattern. So it's a circular yoke top down and you use the mohair it's meant to use your mohair scraps. So you can do an ombre, you can do stripes, you can do it any way you want. But this slip stitch pattern is like a triangle kind of, and it goes from the yoke all the way down through the body. And oh, it is cute. It's so cute. Love it. It's definitely something I would want to knit. And her version on her pattern page, I think her mohair colors are like jewel toned, pink, blue, green kind of colors. And it just Oh, it's so pretty. It's a beautiful sweater. Very fun. You could do so many different variations of it with the combinations of yarns and things. You could even do, of course, an ombre of the light fingering and Mm -hmm. use a solid mohair silk yarn. So that's really cute. Ingens, I-N-G-E-N-S. And then the second one I was looking at for myself is the Sarah sweater, and that's spelled S-A-H-R-A. And that's by the designer Lena Hoy. And it's so pretty. It's fingering and silk mohair held doubled. It is designed so it can have either a turtleneck, funnel neck, or crew neck, depending on your preference. It is a simple top-down raglan shaping, I'm almost certain. And it has hidden pockets. So it has a wide hem and the pockets are built into the hem so that they kind of are hidden, except for there's a diagonal stripe across them in the hem. It's really, really cute. It just looks cozy and fun and simple. And it's that intersection of stylish and classic, yet fun and different because it's got the Mm -hmm. mohair. And it just looks like something I could live in when it's chilly out. It sounds cute. It's really cute. That's the Sarah sweater by Lena Hoy. So I've actually been stocking quite a bit considering all the stuff that's going on in the background. So it's pretty cool. I felt like I had been stocking a little bit more too because sweaters again. I'm looking at sweaters again. Right. So. It's, I think it's the <laughs> fact that it kind of got chilly, right? It's Maybe. like inspiring us. Yeah, yeah. That could be. Well, I just, and plus, sorry, interrupt. Oh, you. I just wish we could go out and wear our sweaters more. <laughs> I know. I know. But I was going to say also, we finally launched the product at work that we've been waiting Mm, for for months and months. So I've had a little bit more time to stock. So that's actually been very welcome. And hopefully I'll get to catch up in our Ravelry group because I'm way behind our Ravelry group. All right. So what have you been knitting? I have been knitting only two things. I still haven't. I had talked about wanting to start a sweater And I still haven't done that because I have been a little bit obsessive about working on my Julie's Wrap. Julie's Wrap is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. It's a rectangular wrap with a big edging. The inside rectangle 
was just garter stitch and I finished the garter stitch edging and now I'm doing well no I finished the rectangle inside part and now I'm working on the ribbed edging that has a couple of points so there's some a little bit of variety when you get to the points you're increasing and I'm going to be starting on the edging soon but this wrap has as much yardage as a sweater so it's been keeping me occupied no but yeah I have two skeins of I want to say 650 yards each and the shawl should like if I made it exactly to the pattern specifications I would be using the whole both both skeins fully wow so, yeah so it it's enough it's as much knitting as a sweater so that is Julia's wrap by Hohe Locatelli and then the second thing that I have been working on is called Mira's Cowl and that's a pattern from Ba Yarns and this one is really basic cowl knit in the round with a knit pearl alternating pattern that's established basically on your first round and then you don't need the pattern anymore because you just continue that already established pattern for the whole cowl. So very very easy. I've been using that to knit when I've been chatting on Zoom calls or just when I need to clear my head. <laughs> it's been very easy knitting to pick up and I'm yeah. knitting that one in Neighborhood Fiber Company's Studio Sock and it's their new base for their Studio Sock which is 100% organic merino and Gail and I are going to be talking about that base in probably our next episode Yay. so we look forward to talking about that but those are the two things I have been knitting what have you been knitting Gail? You just mentioned Zoom calls. I have missed our Yarniac Zoom calls the last two Saturdays, and I'm missing it. Last Saturday I was in Spokane, and the Saturday before that, Max said, hey, do you want to come visit me tomorrow? And I was like, yes, I want to come visit you. I haven't seen you in a month. So I'm looking forward to our Zoom call this Saturday. Yeah. But knitting, I have been working on my Sussuris by Hohi Locatelli. So we're oh, both working yay. on Hohi patterns. And I was cruising on this when I went to visit Alex. I knit most of the rest of the body and now I'm to the bottom hem, which is all ribbing and it's twisted ribbing, which takes me forever. So I'm not <laughs> inspired to knit on it. Oh, I think I've knit eight rounds in two days. Why so. didn't you just change it to regular ribbing? Because I like the look of twisted oh, ribbing. Okay. I just don't yeah. enjoy knitting it. And I like the look of it too. Yeah. So yeah, it's worth it in the end. But yeah. like if Julie's wrap was twisted ribbing, I would I wouldn't be able to do that. I just that's too too much for me. But it the sweater, is. it it is right. The pattern. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing twisted ribbing? Oh yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't bother me though. I know you like knitting ribbing. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So you're enjoying that, and I was just thinking to myself. I would never be able to knit that much ribbing. It would drive <laughs> me crazy. So, yeah, Sisurus is the body will be done tonight. I think I have four more rounds of the ribbing to go and then bind off, and then I'll be on the sleeves. And once you get going on this, it's really 
fast and easy knitting. And the colors are gorgeous. So I can't wait to be finished with this one so I can wear it at least around my own house. <laughs> yeah. And so that is the only thing that I'm knitting right now. Okay. And I'm looking forward to hopefully casting something else on for her knit along, which okay. started September 1st. So fingers crossed on that. All right. All right. What have you finished? Well, since I have been knitting on Julie's wrap forever and ever, the only thing that I have finished is a funny little project that I picked up on Saturday. And I actually talked about this a couple of episodes ago, the fake hornet slash wasp nest. I had talked about seeing these patterns on Ravelry, and I thought how interesting that was. And then on Saturday, we had a whole bunch of bees coming in. They were initially attracted to my hummingbird feeder, which is really strange because I've had my hummingbird feeders for years and years and years and never, ever, ever had a bee problem. But for some reason, Saturday, suddenly the bees were attracted. And one of the things when I looked up online that they was mentioned was if you put up these fake hornets or wasp nests that you can purchase at garden shops. And I have no idea whether it will really work when the time comes because we took down the feeder for a couple of days and haven't put it back. But I don't know if it if it's really going to be effective, but it was a excuse for me to make one of these. And <laughs> I just made it up as I went along because I had a little bit of yarn, cot leftover cotton yarn, and I didn't feel like looking for the perfect yarn and the perfect amount and the right size hook. I just grabbed a hook and crocheted the little shape that I had seen them come in on Ravelry and I looked at the ones that the garden shops sell and just tried to emulate that shape and I hung it up immediately out there so it's hanging out there I have no idea if it's really going to work but it kind of looks interesting so I finished that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I finished that and no pattern hornet slash wasp nest it's interesting it it Looks nice hanging out there. <laughs> See, and I'm all for, I love honeybees, but I'm all for anything that will get rid of yellow jackets and wasps. I got stung by a wasp oh, on a walk recently right. yeah. and it sucked. I've been stung dozens, not dozens of times. That's an overstatement, but I've had at least a dozen, probably two dozen stings throughout my lifetime. We got attacked by a wasp nest once because we were dumb enough to walk over it. We were kids. We didn't see it, but Walking through a, a local walking path and we're just, Melissa and I are just chatting and all of a sudden I'm like, ow, 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 ow. Little brat stung me in the back of the knee through my tights. And usually we carry Benadryl with us when we're doing long hikes or runs because Melissa is a yellow jacket magnet. And over mm -hmm. the last couple of years, I've become the magnet. And this little sucker stung me in the back of the leg. I forgot to take Benadryl when I got home. And by two hours later, I would say a good third of my leg was this big, swollen, red, angry, nasty 
thing. Ouch. Yeah, it was it was a bummer. Luckily, it didn't, you know, I took Benadryl then and it calmed right down. But uh, yeah, let's keep them away with fake nests. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> Not like yeah. I can take them on a walk with me, but yeah. <laughs> you see me walking with like this funky hat that has a fake hornet's nest on the front of it. <laughs> Walking around carrying one in front of you. Exactly. Not. I don't have an umbrella to shield myself from the sun. I have a fake hornet's nest. If it worked, I'd be all for it. Oh, okay. So have you finished anything? I have. So my goal was to have La Scarabe Blue done for Alex by the time I left for Spokane. Yay. And I achieved my goal. I had it done, I think, two or three days before I left. So I had time to block it. And it's beautiful. It is so pretty. It fits her perfectly. She loves it. She was raving about the colors and the fit and everything about it. She said, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect sweater for me. Aww, and I said, that's well, so great. Yeah, she's absolutely knitworthy. And seeing it on her, I had a little photo shoot with her and she was holding Olivia for some of the pictures and they were really adorable. And you can see those on Instagram or on my project page and Ravelry. And it was a really fun knit. It went pretty quickly because of all those hours I was on calls for the product launch. So that was very helpful to getting it done in time for the visit. Love all of the yarn I used from Western Sky Knits. I used two different colors of her Merino 17 DK and one of her Tweed DK. And it's just a great sweater. It's a top-down raglan saddle-shaped combination shaping and you knit down to be beneath your breast line and then you do one not one round a few rounds of a contrasting color and then you start the skirt with pleats and the skirt has a bubble wrap pattern is what she calls it and I'm going to use that same bubble wrap on Olivia's sweater and then you end up picking up stitches to do a whole collar that goes all the way around the edging of the sweater. And then you do an I-cord bind off. So there's some significant knitting involved in that part of it. And the sleeves then have a stripe, a different stripe sequence that uses all three of the colors. And it's just a really pretty sweater. I like her patterns a lot. She is also the designer of Blue Sands cardigan. It's La Maison Brilili. Right. Yeah. And yeah, really, really like her patterns. I can't wait to knit another one. I have a couple in my queue. So I highly recommend her patterns and they're just super fun knits. They're super fun fi finished objects. And this one was a huge, huge, huge success. Yeah. So I'm very, very happy about it. And <laughs> that also will be my colors of fall entry if I don't get my Sassuras finished in time because Alex styled it with a white tank top, jeans and little ankle boots. Perfect for the Perfect fall. Perfect for she, fall. Yeah. She was so excited. She said, oh, I can't wait for fall. <laughs> she loves her favorite season of the year. So she was very excited. And I think the purplish color I used is called Catherine. And I think there's some magenta purple in that from the, I think it's the New York fall color, color cards. And then sunlight, I would say, is in the natural tweed colorway. So I've got two colors represented from the fall palettes. So, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. We would like to thank our sponsor for September, Lolo Body Care. We always say that every knitter has a favorite yarn, but do they also have a favorite scent? Today, our sponsor, Lolo Body Care, has clued us in to the many scent personalities that inspire their products. You've heard us talk all about Lolo's 
eco-luscious moisturizers before, but did you know that they came in a huge variety of scents? I think I'm an innovator. Bamboo, blackberry sage, lemongrass, those all speak to me. I think I might be a traditionalist. I really love lavender, blue gardenia, jasmine. Those are all the scents that speak to me. Mm, smells good. Yes. It smells good. It sounds good. <laughs> With over 30 scents to choose from, you're sure to find the perfect moisturizer scent to match your personality. Check out lolobody.com and discover your new signature scent. There's so many. It's like, which one is the best? And it depends on your mood. That's why. Oh, you that's why. You, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So because something like lavender is really good to put on your hands when you're going to bed. Exactly. Lavender, that's like calming. Yes. Yeah. Something calming. And maybe when you're getting going in the morning, you want something a little more lively. So <laughs> lemon. Yeah. Lemon. Lemon. Yeah. That's citrusy. my like go to. Yeah, spark me up, yep. spike or spark me up. <laughs> Get me going. That's yeah, what I'm and I for. also love their plain Jane. I use that one as well. Sometimes, yeah, no scent is the good scent. So exactly, yeah, <laughs> I definitely have no scent moments. Yes, so all good. Thank you very much, Lolo. All right, and we have a new segment. This was Charlene's <laughs> idea, so she gets to kick us off. Well. We had been talking about the most expensive sheep, which was mentioned in a thread in our Ravelry group. There was a news story this week, and I'll read the headline. The world's most expensive sheep has just been purchased for $490,000 US, so almost half a million. <laughs> for one single sheep for one sheep and he was sold at an auction in scotland and there's this photograph of him with his his face looking i don't know i guess the only thing you could really say about the photograph is that he's looking very studly <laughs> and that's why they bought him yes exactly, <laughs> exactly why <laughs> exactly so most expensive sheep, and he is a Texel sheep. T-E-X-E-L. And I need to find the description. I don't have that open. Sorry Yeah, while well, you're that. looking for that, I didn't even see the notice or the mention in our Ravelry group. I saw it on national news. It was on CNN. So I was flicking through every day. I check these different sites and CNN, world's most expensive sheep. And I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. I looked up Texel on Ravelry because I wasn't sure what Texel fiber was like and found that Alex, who is under Dutch skies on Ravelry, dyed Texel fiber for a while. And though she doesn't sell fiber anymore, she still has her fiber page up on Ravelry, which is which has a really nice description. So I'm going to read that to you. Texel is a Dutch sheep breed, mostly known as a meat breed, while not as soft as BFL or Merino, and is soft enough for all outerwear, such as cardigans, mittens, and hats. But I thought that was interesting. 
textile fiber. I wasn't familiar with it. (laughs) (laughs) And if you get any from that dude, then you're probably going to have the most expensive sweater you've ever owned or most expensive mittens. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So what we wanted to do in this segment is just occasionally bring up some interesting stories about wool, knitting, fiber, anything really related to our industry that we have found in the news. So Gail, do you have something to share? Well, our initial idea was to look for funny things. And it's kind of hard to find funny wool-related stories, but (laughs) that kind of got me thinking about things that have made me laugh as a knitter. And if you haven't already read the books and blog by the yarn harlot, Stephanie McPhee, you've got to check her out. She's hysterical. She's funny. She's an amazing knitter. She has so many different beautiful projects. And she's just seems like I've never met her, but seems like a really great human being. So if you're looking for some funny knitting related stuff, check out the yarn harlot. And some other interesting stories will trade back and forth. Mm -hmm. But just yesterday, as I was doing my show notes, I found an article about Harvard University, who is doing 3D printing of wool. So the materials they're using are leftover agora wool, which is basically waste material that is just leftover. And they're using that to 3D print wool. So they were talking about how they can make it have the crimp of wool and how when it gets wet, it rebounds just like wool. It was just really interesting. I mean, first of all, I thought, what an odd thing to 3D print, but it makes sense for recycling purposes. They can recycle all that waste material to make wool and probably wool for clothing or things like that. But who knows, maybe someday we knitters will be using 3D printed wool for our knitting. Well, yeah, interesting. I'm still not sure how that works when you use wool to make wool but <laughs> i'm assuming it's it must an be like interesting waste concept from mills. yeah so yeah. maybe yeah. taking waste wool and making it into some kind of usable wool perhaps interesting yeah so it doesn't just get thrown into wherever wool gets composting. thrown landfills yeah. and compost yeah. yeah so interesting harvard university is doing some cool things with wool okay and then in iceland Blizzard conditions complicate roundup of sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Poor little guys. Good thing they have wool to keep their wool to keep them warm. So what's going on is there's early blizzards, which is what we were talking about before, more strange weather patterns happening. And also what is doubly complicating this is that because of COVID, they can have they can only have fewer people on the mountain so there's fewer people to round up the uh, yeah. the weather conditions are worse and the quote is that we've never encountered such unfortunate conditions and says he's referring both to covid and to the severe gale with heavy precipitation in the form of sleet and snow that is blizzard conditions at higher elevations so so not me personally 
as a gale. Yeah, no. <laughs> Trying to make a joke. <laughs> Failing. <laughs> yeah, so it says this year only nine people can take part in herding the sheep instead of the usual 21 because of social distancing rules. So, ah. yeah. So All it, these weird weather things. All these weird weather things, and it's interesting how COVID and social distancing trickles down and affects so much of everything 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 and then the photograph i'll put a link to the photograph but the photograph is really cute because there's this picture of a whole herd of sheep and obviously this picture is not from the roundup because there are a lot of people in the background and it looks like it was probably pre-COVID times when this photograph was taken. But the funny part is that th- there's a whole bunch of white sheep and then there's one black sheep. But the black sheep is leaping through the air. So the black sheep, is it's just this moment caught in time of this black sheep almost levitating above the white sheep. <laughs> it's really funny. And then the caption says, a flying sheep. It's just so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. And it says, click on the picture to better view this skilled creature. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Someone was having a boring day I of writing so. captions. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. It's the flying sheep. And it's, it's the one black sheep in the photograph. And he's pretty cute. Yeah. So. <laughs> Cutie pie. Yeah. So in my search for interesting wool stories, I I was laughing, although in hindsight, it seems obvious that this exists. Sheepcentral.com. <laughs> it's an actual website in Australia where it has up-to-date information about sheep and wool. And it just cracked me up, though, because sheepcentral.com, it almost sounds like a prank, right? But no, obviously <laughs> there are real sheep farmers who need to know the Sheep Central news and I'm sure that there's probably one for New Zealand and things like that or maybe, well this one said it was in Australia but it uses .com it's not .au so it didn't seem like they had news from all around the world hmm. but still it was pretty, it was just one of those like shipping news, things like that. Of course they exist because there are a lot of people who need that information exactly. but I, as a, you know, I work in marketing and whatever, didn't seem like something that would be there. So sheepcentral.com. I scrolled through. It was pretty interesting stuff. So, you know, you never know what you're going to find. Exactly. And then this one comes to us from the University of Sheffield. And it's an interesting headline that sheep farmers could profit by shifting to forest research shows. And what it is, is an, it's a really brief article talking about sheep farmers being able to perhaps make more of a profit if they turn their farming lands, their sheep farming lands, into forest. Not turn it into forest, but just stop farming sheep and let it return to forest. And instead of making money from raising sheep, they would no longer be raising the sheep and they would be cultivating forest land. So they would make money by having their previously farm sheep farming lands returned to forest 
and then the farmers would earn money by growing trees and selling carbon offsetting certificates to companies and people who can afford to offset their carbon footprint by giving money to that purpose. So interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. So I bring that up because if that is true and sheep farmers do start doing that, that could mean less sheep farming globally. So I don't know what the ramifications of that would be, but interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, you know, the carbon offset carbon offset certificates. Kim and Heather had told us a story about how, like in Texas, you can have land where you build like a massive company, but if you save some of it for livestock, you get all sorts of write-offs for it, which living in California, I'd never heard of that, but there are different things you can do with your land to profit from it in different ways, which is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that was wool and wool in the news. Do, 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 do. <laughs> well, and then actually, I had one last funny one, which someone brought up in one of our Ravelry group discussions. This one is a funny one. It is an ad where John Stamos will knit you a scarf, and if you look at the ad online, he actually knits mittens as well. <laughs> 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 so it's pretty funny. He, it, It's an ad for an insurance company, and I don't remember what the insurance dialogue is, but there's somebody sitting at home, working at home, and John Stamos is on a conversation on her computer, and he's knitting away, and he throws her a scarf, and she catches the scarf and says something like, oh, is your hair just as soft as this scarf? And he says, softer, I think. Ah! So- it's pretty funny. <laughs> and if you look at the longer version online, he also knits some mittens and tosses out the mittens to her as well. So it's pretty funny. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah. The other day, the other day, Mike called me out to look at his computer. He said, oh, I've got something. You've got to see this. Some, I don't know, some news channel he was looking at online had a picture from World War II of a classroom where every child in the classroom was knitting socks for soldiers. Oh, wow. It was really cool. Really, really Very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. So before we wrap up this episode, I did want to do a Colors of Fall update because it's coming to a close. It will be. I'm like glad. Like the 20th yes, or 21st. I'm glad you remembered that because I knew it was coming up. Yes, and don't quote me on the date, because as we know, I always mess up the date (laughs) on our knit-alongs. It's just this constant thing that I do. So look in the Colors of Fall thread to see the actual ending date, but it's coming up. And so far, we have 56 people and 75 projects, which means a lot of you have knit multiple things. And as I was scrolling through yesterday, there were some that just jumped out at me that I have to mention. Kristen has a new little boy. He was born June 19th. And the picture she has in our FO thread says, Hi, I'm Toby. And he was born right before the knit along started. And he's wearing an adorable romper that his mom knit for him. That is adorable. And he is so cute. So, (laughs) so cute. You've got to go look at Toby. He's precious. 
And then Irina, who lives in Bermuda, she finished a sweater that's called the Swallow Sweater, and it's a test knit she did. The whole yoke is colorwork flying swallows. It's amazing. It is so pretty. I've seen different, you know, animal colorwork things before, but this one is striking. It's just so pretty. You guys have got to go look at that. And then this is predictable that I would love this one. <laughs> Melanie, who is vegan monkey mama. Uh-huh. I think that's right. I, th- I think yeah. that's right. She's been a listener and an online friend for a long time. She knit The Garden Gate by Jennifer Steingast. Oh. She used neon pink, and the colorwork section is black. It is <laughs> awesome. It is so cool. It makes me want to knit one, like, right away. And I have a Jennifer Steingast pattern in my queue, and I'm going to do Coquette with a natural for the color work, but seeing hers with the hot pink and black just makes me rethink the whole thing. It was really <laughs> like, nice. I, I did see it's that gorgeous. One. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely gorgeous. So keep on knitting your colors of fall projects. I haven't talked about prizes this whole time, but Mary, who is Coney hot dog, her husband is making another wooden yarn bowl. And we have some other prizes that I've been horrible about keeping track of this, co- this, knit along. I apologize to everybody who's mentioned prizes, but if you do want to donate a prize, let me know and I will update the thread with all the prizes, hopefully this week or weekend. And we still have a little bit of time. So I'm hoping to get my Sussuris done and get a finished object picture with a whole fall outfit because that's the goal. That's the goal. Yes. And I looked up the date, Gail. Thank you. Autumnal Equinox is Tuesday, September 22nd. Ooh, so I was give see, again, I was going to cut people <laughs> off early. That's what I well, do every time. It's and people always panic. around the 21st, but it, it depending on where you are in the world, it's offset usually a couple of hours. So for us, it will happen on Tuesday, September 22nd. It could be a little bit different depending where you are in the world, but that is when we will close the thread. Yeah, so midnight on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. So you have, what is today, the 10th, I think? Yes. So we still have almost two yeah. weeks to wrap up our Colors of Fall yeah. project. So yay, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> Super excited. And I think that's it for episode 227. That is it. Thank you for joining us. Happy knitting, everyone. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.